So we're last looking. Two weeks. Yeah. In the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking. Uh, the next few weeks is just more in depth with the idea of sin. Okay. Um, because I think actually I feel like this is how uh, in my own life. Um, I think I love God. But the way I love God is to a degree we see our sinfulness. Mm. I think also as well, I see this also even in our church. To a degree, how much you understand how bad we are, mm. how sinful we are, only then will you appreciate and love God even more, mm. right? Uh, even more. So I think this is why we're going to go over sin, not because I just, oh, I'm judgmental or all that. But as the more we understand sin, the more we understand how loving, mm. how graceful, how merciful and patient He is. Mm. And that should change us too. That changes me, uh, knowing how, how, what sin is and how sinful I am. That actually makes me a lot more patient with who? Other, other people. people, right? Other people. Uh, more patient in relationship. And just also change. And also realize in any relationship, people will what, hurt you, right? Or you will be, you, there will be things you don't like. And sometimes it is true, not just preferences, because there's something that is bad or sinful about others. But yet, when I know God has been graceful to me, should I be graceful to others? Yeah, okay. So learning about sin is practical, okay? Learning about sin, but also today, um, the Bible actually talks in that as time goes on, when he gets, when, when, he, when the time comes soon for Jesus to come back, the world's going to get worse. And also even the church that would not like to, people would not like to talk about what? Sin. Okay, right. just only talk about happy things. There's place to talk about joyful things, but at the same time, you have to also be honest with what? Sin yeah. and only then would people see their sin, then say, "Oh, I want to follow who, Jesus, and how much He's forgiven us." Okay. Uh, with that, so in light of this, we're going to look at New Testament words for sin. Okay, you guys realize the Bible is divided into two uh, parts. If you if you could divide the Bible into two parts, there's something called testaments. Okay, uh, the Old and the New. New Testament. Okay, Old is everything before Jesus Christ was what, born. Okay, uh, so it's written mainly in the language of what. The Jews, which they speak what language? Uh, Hebrew. Hebrew. Okay, good. Okay. And then the New Testament was actually start the, the good news about God and Jesus Christ came down for this. Then now the message went everywhere to all over the world. Okay. You realize it began in where? In uh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. Or in uh, Judea, Galilee area, Israel, modern day Israel, right? And it spread now to where? Even today. Uh, to here in Pasadena. Or all around the world, okay? So Christianity originally was not uh, Anglo or, or, or Caucasian religion. It, is, it, it was to the Jews, and then it spread all over where? To everybody, okay? To everyone of all ethnicity, all, all people, even people that are mixed and everything else, right? So in light of this, uh, we're going to look at the word sin, okay? Uh, in terms of how the New Testament um, words mean, okay? So we're going to be looking at three words. Oh man, my outline is incorrect. It says two. Originally, I was going to make... Uh, three because tonight I was really racing after we were talking um, a long conversation out in Pasadena City College. Okay, uh, so we're gonna be looking at uh, three words for sin. Okay, and I actually think why is it important to look at it is because sometimes when you talk to people that don't believe or they never heard of Christianity, it, is it? Would you guys admit there's some things in the Bible that's really hard to understand? Yes. Sure. Okay. Uh, there's some things really hard to understand, but I actually think the more we understand the original meaning, the more it actually helps us to explain to them in day to day terms. Because I think something we not realize is even as deep as the Bible is, the Bible is actually written what for everyday people also as well. Okay. In fact, did you guys know in this time period? Um, actually, I think the New Testament changed the literacy of even the Roman Empire. Uh, back then, people would write. Uh, letters. It was common. People was actually much more literate than sometimes we think. 
in the Roman Empire, but also in the, because of the New Testament was written, they started needing write on paper that was cheaper. You guys realize paper back then was very, very expensive. <laughs> yes, right? Um, then they start even using, what, animal skin. Apparently animal skin was cheaper because there was more animal than paper from papyrus from where? Papyrus was only from one area, Egypt, right? Even, so then they start writing it down so that everyday people could what? Read. Okay? By the way, that changed the world. I think even European history. Um, it made also means that Christians throughout history have always been wanting people to be what? Literate. Okay? Even sometimes missionaries would go to different parts of the world where they have no language. Right? And then they make a language written down for them. You guys know the Hmong people? I'm saying this because my mom was from Laos, right? The Vietnam War and stuff like that. The Hmong people before were tribal mountain people that the Americans used to fight secret wars and stuff. But then when they came as refugee America, they didn't know... How to, then missionaries went over there to write, make a written language. And the goal was hopefully they could communicate, but also to eventually introduce them what? The Bible. So I think the, the Bible actually has changed history, okay? So in looking at this, we're going to see three words of what sin means, okay? Three different Greek words, but it's not boring. I hope I, it's not academic, okay? Uh, just intellectual. I also want to see that as we end what we normally do, just Paul and Derek know, in the end, uh, different than Sunday night, uh, on Sunday at church, is after we're done, we kind of go around if there are any questions, and also people share what is it you apply for your life, okay? Also as well, okay? So the first word is the word harmatia, okay? Now, by the way, let me say this. I'm not good at pronouncing Greek, okay? Uh, I think uh, I read Greek, I dream in Greek, translating Greek, but the actual pronunciation, uh, I'm not as confident, okay? I'm the only one when I was in taking uh, both my Master Divinity and my Second Master's, people in my class <laughs> laugh, even though, you know, I was A students for all those languages. It's just I'm really bad with what? Pronunciation. I'm so glad in seminary they didn't grade us with pronunciation, like in... Uh, undergrad when I was in UCLA that was harder my grade was a little rougher because my when I speak it is what it's it sounds funny okay uh, so the Greek word is harmatia it's a noun okay um, do you guys know in theology what is the study of sin called it's actually called harmatology it's actually from this term okay um, the verb form is harmatano, okay? Now, I think when you look at the word, the word originally, we're looking at the word, what it means before it was us, uh, idea of sin, okay? You guys all know what sin is, right? What is sin? Let me, before we even go further, what is the word, what does sin mean? When we say sin, when we Christians say sin, what does it mean? Okay, wow, that's pretty comprehensive. Okay, that's, that's a lot more comprehensive. That's good, okay? Uh, and, no, that's good. Uh, Anything that we do, but it's not just do, what we what? Say and think, okay? That goes like against... The, the CF definition. CF? Oh, good, okay. Yeah. That's very comprehensive. Because sometimes people think sin is only what we physically do. But before we do that, what do we do? <laughs> We, we think uh, of that sin, right? Just like the same thing. No one, I think most people would not murder out of nowhere. We think it came out of nowhere. But that person, what was he do, doing the whole time? He was thinking, entertaining a thousand ways how to kill. And then one day he what? Acted out, okay? So in the same way, okay, so what we say, think, or do that goes against what? Against who? God and what he wants for for us, okay? So in this first Greek word uh, is harmatia. Uh, Before it was actually sin, they were actually using it outside of moral context. So you know what this word means? It actually means the idea of missing the mark, okay? Or not hitting something, okay? Uh, do you guys know Homer, Iliad, from, you guys remember when you guys were younger in school, they taught about Greek classics? You guys remember who Homer is? Who's Homer? Don't, don't say the, the cartoon, okay? 
uh, huh? Odyssey? Yeah, the Odyssey as something called the Iliad, okay? Mm. You remember the, the, all those uh, big uh, epic stories back then they have? Um, stories that were what everyone were taught as little kids, right? Uh, what is uh, the Iliad was about? Anyone remember? It, again, it's not real. It's not like it's Greek religion or Greek mythology. But what was that story about? Do you guys remember? What was Greek mythology uh, Iliad about? About a city called Troy. What happened? Anyone? Horse, they make fake horse yeah. and they put troops in it. Yeah, troops, yeah. Present, and after the retreat, the people tear down their walls to move in the, yeah. the horse and yeah. in the night. Yeah. Came out and then conquered. Yeah, okay. So that's the Iliad. It's a story beginning by the story about um, some, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, the story basically of this king, this beautiful woman, like, these different kings wanted it, okay? Then they fought over it and everything else. And then they also offended the gods also as well. Like some gods were invited to a party and some were not. So it's not like Christian, you know, it's not the Christian god, okay? They were a little fickle. In fact, if you read Greek philosophers, they often say that, uh, you know who, let's not talk about the gods because the gods are even worse than we are, okay? Mm. In terms of attitude, okay? So that's why if you read Plato, uh, in talking about Socrates, all these guys, they were like, hey, let's not talk about it. So philosophy was born different than theology. So let's talk about the world, but about what? Without these gods that act more immature than us, or more jealous and envious and bad attitude than us, okay? But here in the story, if you remember, it's a story of war, okay? And in the story, of course, later they conquered and everything else, and then there's a story they were going back, which is the Odyssey, right? Um, but in that story, it's a lot of warfare. And you know what that term, harmatia, is used often? It's used often to say when Roman so uh, Greek soldiers, you know how they fought usually? Uh, Greek soldiers back then were called hoplites. They used primarily as spears, okay? Primarily spears all together locked with what? Uh, armor and marching forward, okay? Uh, so in line of this, the term harmatia is actually used when you throw a spear or when you shoot an arrow and you what? You miss, okay? So harmatia actually means you're missing, okay? You're missing your mark. You're trying to aim for something, okay? And then you throw it and what happens? Did you hit it? No, you miss your mark, okay? With that. So that's what the term originally means, okay? This, uh, uh, the Homer story that was written, it's actually several hundred years before uh, the New Testament. But this is the language that they were using at this time. Then later over time, that language uh, evolved to mean uh, making just general mistake. Like for instance, if you're, if you're building a house, you're hammering, and then you accidentally, uh-oh, you put the wrong, I don't know, you, you accidentally break the wood from hammering, okay? That's what is often used for the sense of error in judgment, okay? Not necessarily moral, but then the New Testament uses it what? The New Testament never uses term to say small mistakes or, or um, missing like an arrow, or like warriors fighting, okay? In the New Testament, it's always used in reference to sin. That is, um, so you're following on the outline. So in later Greek, it started having the moral sense of wrong, and then the, by the time Paul wrote the New Testament, and other people with the nations, they use what everyday people understand, okay? Now, does everyone kind of have the idea of missing the mark? I think every culture, right? Every culture you go. I feel like everywhere I go, um, when I was in the military, every idea, every culture has the idea that they want to prize shooting what well, okay? Now, I know sometimes the military people are kind of competitive, right? So we would go when we train shooting, uh, even in the U.S. military. Uh, I know like, uh, you know, sometimes for friendly competition, U.S. Army soldiers and Marines were kind of like, you know, kind of like just friendly competition. And then I always think it's funny whenever they, you know, sometimes there's friendly competition, 
uh, I, I've had this before. Someone says, hey, in the Army, we have more snipers than in the Marine Corps. Do you guys know what snipers are? People that shoot really accurate. And I was like, yeah, kind of true. But Marine Corps sniper school is like 40% dropout rate, right? It's really hard. Then they're like, well, you know, like the best shooters. By the way, the longest shooting uh, shooters that hit somebody is over a mile. It's actually not a Marine. It's actually there's more Army soldiers that hit something over a mile away. Okay? But then one of the things I always like is uh, um, when everyday Marine, which one, uh, an everyday soldier, everyday soldier has to shoot up to 300 yard lines. And everyday Marine shoots up to where? 500 yard lines. So five football field away, okay, with that. So I remember even training all the country, no matter what culture, everyone is what? When it, when it comes time for us to practice shooting, every, cult, every society, every country, whether it was with the Germans, whether it was the Ukrainians, even that one time when I trained with the Russians in 2005, Every country is trying to shoot what? <laughs> Not trying to hit the mark, okay? So in light of this, this term is a term I think every culture would have this understanding. And now it's used to say what? So in the New Testament, it uses terms to say, um, to say that we, in reference to um, sin, is often used to say it's directed against God, okay? We miss the mark of God's standard, okay? We miss the mark of what? God's law, okay? Could you guys say this real quick? Harmatia? Means, means missing, missing God's law. Okay? You're supposed to hit it, but you do not. Okay. Um, so in the New Testament, it always refers to man's sin against God. Okay, a uh, man sin against God, and it's a term that's often used comprehensively to describe all kinds of sin that opposes God. Okay, so it's all kinds of sin. You know, lying, cheating, stealing. We don't have time to go over the different example, okay? But we're going to look at some verses to see this is just a sampling of how it's used in a moral context, okay? Well, moral dimension, okay? So remember, the original term means what? Missing the mark, okay? That doesn't mean that you're going against God, right? I, I don't think if you go to the shooting range today, if you shoot and miss, you sin, okay? Um, but it's using everyday term people use to now say, oh, in the spiritual life, in the moral life, we miss the mark that we're supposed to Hit, okay, so in light of this, let's turn with me to First Corinthians six eighteen. First uh, Corinthians chapter six verse eighteen. When we turn there, Rebecca, could you be able to read First Corinthians uh, six eighteen? Don't worry, take your time, okay? Uh, I don't see you. So run away from <coughs> sexual morality, every other sin that a person does is outside the body. But those who are sexual immoral sin against their own body. Okay. Yeah, so in this outline here, okay. Uh, by the way, Nancy, uh, they're reading New King James? No, she's reading. She's reading. Oh, she's NIV. Oh. It's, uh, it's ICV. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, oh, ICV or ISV? ICV. Okay, I never heard ICV. Okay, so um, in light of this term, okay, um, if you look here, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. My outline. I'm so glad that today's computer you could do what undo right yeah. so i just accidentally erased the whole outline oh another time 
That would be in trouble, okay? Mm. So this term here, when you see the word in 1 Corinthians 6.18, the word sin here is actually the word harmatia, okay? When you guys see that word where it says every other sin, okay? In the context, it's actually talk about, um, it, you know, I know we have young uh, kids, right? But it means, it's actually talking about sexual sin. You look at that in verses 16. Like two verses before, you see what kind of sin is when you purchase what? Service with, let's just say you're a man, you purchase service with a woman, okay? And you pay to do things. You guys understand? Without me explaining everything? Because uh, well, we have little ears, right? So in light of this, Paul is saying, oh, by the way, when he wrote to the church in Corinth, okay? First uh, Corinthians is a Paul, is the apostle, he's a missionary, and he went to Corinth and he shared the gospel, and some people believe. Corinth, was that a good reputation of a city back then or a bad reputation? What do you guys think? Bad, okay? Uh, I read somewhere before that city, they say they have 20,000 women that pay you could pay for services, okay? That if you could, if I could say in today's world, it's almost like the modern day Las Vegas, okay? And I know in, uh, people say, whatever happens in Vegas, what? Stays in Vegas. But apparently, whatever happens in, hey Caleb, okay? Whatever happened in Corinth, what happens? Gets written down in the church, okay? In the word of God, okay? So they have this problem, okay? Which in the city is, this is a real problem with the city with this reputation. And Paul is saying, hey, do not do this kind of sin. Flee from it, run away from it, okay? And he says, and he described this sin a little bit more by saying, most sin people commit outside, uh, outside their body, right? For instance, when you get angry, you say bad words against somebody. You hurt someone outside of you, right? And then you, you sin, for instance, if you punch somebody, you hurt somebody else, okay? But this sin also hurts who? You yourself, physically also as well, okay? So I think one thing we can learn from here is all sin is always against who? All sin is always against... God, okay? Every sin is always against who? God. But also, even as it goes against God, it, sometimes it goes against who? Yourself, and also against who? Other people, okay? I think that's one thing we need to realize. Sometimes, uh, sometimes when we struggle with sin, we could think, oh, God is so strict, right? The Bible is so strict. The pastor is so strict, whatever else. But really, all sin goes against other people, and sometimes also go against who? What is best for you and what? I, okay? Right. By the way, in this world today, if you are to be not faithful in marriage and go sleep around everywhere, is your chance of getting some kind of bad disease high? Yeah, yeah okay? Very, very high. Much more higher than if you don't, right? Obviously, okay? Yeah. So in light of all this, I think you also see, it's also, there is a good benefit to go by God's what? Laws and God's ways, okay? Yeah. So in sin, we always go against who? God, right? And we also sin against others. And we could also sin against who? Ourselves, okay? We're hurting with ourselves here, okay? So here we see um, with that, okay? So what's the, now we want to go over, what does the Bible say with the consequence if we have harmatia? Or what's the consequence when we have the sin? Turn with me now to Romans 6.23, okay? Yes. Romans 6.23. Abigail, you want to read Romans 6.23? Yeah, I can find Romans Romans yourself? Yeah. Oh, it's really close. You're almost there. The next, okay, Romans 6, uh, 23, okay? We're going to turn Romans 6, 23 to show this Greek word, harmatia. It mm. appears here, but here it shows specifically what is the consequence when we sin? What is the consequence when we miss the mark or the standard of God, okay? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so I want to look at the first half of this verse, okay? The part where it says, for the wages of sin is death. 
The word sin here, like I said earlier, is the same word that we're looking at, harmatia. Remember the word using to miss the mark, okay? Here in talking about the wages of sin, it therefore is talking about the consequences of sin, okay? It's talking about, by the way, when it says the wages, any of you guys work? What do you, uh, you guys, uh, when do you guys get paid? You guys get the, some of us get paid every week, right? Some of us get paid every two weeks. Okay, who here gets paid every week? Who here gets paid every two weeks? Every two okay, weeks. who here gets paid once a month? Sometimes you have those, okay? Okay, who here gets, oh, okay, who here gets paid first and 15th? I remember in the military, it was always the first and 15th, okay? I just always remember every time the first comes around uh, in the military base, uh, all the ATM, it's a long, long <laughs> what, line, okay? 15 comes around, long, long line. Everyone's trying to pull out money, okay, uh, on the base. Usually a desert base, right? There's nobody, nothing to do. So people just line up, go to ATM two, three times a day, right? Or not a day, but like, you know, with that, okay? So all this will say that uh, we know what a wage is. That is what you're supposed to be paid. So what you deserve, right? Okay? What you should deserve. So now when it talks about sin, it also says, hey, there's something we deserve. And you know what the Bible says we deserve? Is actually sin, okay? Is actually sin. Every sin deserves death. Now, this is not what I say, right? This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says, you know? And we have to be accurate about what the Bible actually says, okay? And I'm not being judgmental. I'm just telling the truth, okay? Um... This is also what God says. Yeah, this is what God says. And God says this as a warning, okay? Uh, how many of us get offended with warnings? How many of you guys drove here today? How many of you guys, when you drove here, you guys saw speed uh, sign? How many of you guys get angry at speed signs? You're driving 50 miles, per, 80 miles per hour, and the speed sign says 50. You're, oh man, that's so judgmental. How many of you guys were like this? So how many of you guys were, oh, my feelings is hurt? Is. How many of you guys get upset? You, you guys, uh, you know, sometimes when you drive, like someone else drive next, you know, the opposite way, but they blink twice. What does that mean sometimes? Headlights, they, are, headlights are off, and also sometimes, what does it mean? There's a police officer nearby, right? Oh. <laughs> There's a police officer nearby. When they blink and then you check it, so how many of you guys get offended? Oh man, this guy's telling me to drive slow. How dare them? Oh, how many of you guys get upset with that? I, I don't. I'll be like, oh, thank you for what? Warning me, right? And you turn, it was, oh, there is a police officer just waiting around the corner. Yeah. Thank you for the warning, right? Because I don't want to take it. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want the penalty, okay? And that's what we're doing. We need to see the sin because we're warning that there's a consequence. And the consequence is we deserve to what? To die, okay? To die with this, okay? I know I use this analogy a lot of times when I share the gospel at Pasadena City College or elsewhere. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, you know, the Bible is very uneducational. Why would we do anything wrong? Even the littlest thing. God will judge us, okay? And I like to draw the analogy as this, okay? Um, if I go to your house, if you come to my house and you got a bottle of ink, you open it and pour it all over my floor, is that a good thing? No. If we didn't invite you back to our house, is that, like, kind of understandable? <laughs> Maybe, right? By the way, if I go to, like, uh, museums nearby, what's a nearby museum? Norton Simon. Simon. You guys know the one in Pasadena? Or if I go to, what's the, uh, the big one near... Uh, Huntington Library? Huntington Library or Getty Museum. Mm -hmm. If I go to those, you know those really nice Russian rugs? I mean, not Russian, the French rugs, the Parisian uh, tapestry. If I go to the same act, get an ink, and pour, pour it on there, where do I get more in trouble? Where do I get more in trouble? Do I, if I do it in the Huntington Library, or if I do it to this rug here? Yeah, okay. Let's make it even more crazier. Let's just say you want to do it at the White House, 
you know where the president lives, you decide, oh, I want to climb the fence because I just want to pour the ink in the Oval Office where he works at. You jump the fence, you decide to run. By the way, as soon as you run, what, what's going to happen to you? Do you guys you know what happens? You get, you get, <laughs> I like everyone said, you get tackled, you get shot. By the way, as soon as you do that, you know, um, in the White House, there's actually a SWAT team, the secrets. You know, most of the time you see them with suits, but as soon as you jump over, is it going to be the nice guys with the suits? Or the guys with the suits, what are they going to do? You're going to find out their suit has what? What do they have underneath? Yeah, nice MP5, okay? And then they have a SWAT team. By the way, on the rooftop, there's what? There's guys that are snipers, right? Have you ever visited the White House? And then when you run in, are you ever going to get to the White House? No. If you jump in somehow, you, you shoot them out, and you get to the Oval Office just through that, what happened? You're probably going to get shot, okay? Because they're, they're afraid now, okay? Right? Well, but also, notice the consequence get what? Where do you get more serious consequence? When you do that to the White House, or if you do that at Huntington Library? The White House. The White House, because what? You're now going against... Uh, government or rule, okay? By the way, you do this anywhere, any country, right? You cannot do this anywhere, okay? How much more so of God? Again, you might, if you blindfold yourself, you do it, you, you could do a, a four same action in my house, in Huntington Library, in um, the president's house, or against God, but what? Each consequence is greater because who it is you wronged against. Does that make sense? So here in this verse, it says the consequences is death, okay? Again, again, when we say this, we're saying this out of love. We're warning people, okay? We're warning people as Christians. So in light of this, yet here's, that's bad news, right? But here's the good news. Can we be saved from the consequences of sin? We deserve death, but can we save you? Look at the second half of verse 23. The free gift of God is what? Eternal life, okay? By the way, it's free. But free does not mean cheap, okay? Okay. Uh, and who paid for the cost? Jesus. Jesus Christ, okay? In fact, turn with me to Matthew one twenty one. Uh, Nancy, could you read Matthew chapter one verse twenty one? Matthew one twenty one. Matthew one twenty one. And she will bring forth the son, and you shall cause him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay. All around the world, people like this verse during December. You know why? This is a Christmas kind of verse. Because it says, this is talking about the birth of who? Jesus Christ. And here in this verse, is telling us that what? That Jesus Christ is born for a mission. What is that mission? It is actually to save people who are sinful from the consequence of their sin. Okay. So yeah, as much as we go over sin, I hope you realize I'm not, what I'm not doing is I'm not just saying, hey, sin, 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 sin. Hey, you guys are all bad, bad, bad. And, and by the way, I'm bad too, right? Uh, but God is also what? The good news is God saves us from our sins, okay? It's the gospel. Yeah, it's the gospel, okay? God is the gospel in Greek means good news, okay? Uh, it's the greatest news of all, okay? That we have been saved from our sin, okay? So as application, uh, as application, uh, in light of this, uh, so first application question, do you realize whenever you do wrong, it always goes against who? God, okay? Everything we do wrong, every time we do something that is bad, immoral, wicked, evil, it's always against God first, okay? Second application question, do you try to keep God's law precisely, okay? How many of you guys, um, how many of you guys, when you guys were to have a gun, you guys would treat it very carefully? I hope no one thinks, oh, it's a gun, it's a toy, and play with it, right? Because why? 
that could hurt people. Even if you like uh, shoot for fun. And by the way, when people are shooting, people are what? Very, very what? Careful, right? Because you want to hit your mark. Okay, you want to hit your mark. So the same thing also as well. Should we also be very careful to try to follow God's law? Yeah. Okay. We want to be very, very careful to try to not. Uh, here with that. Uh, I think I told you guys before, I sometimes say this, right? When uh, I'm a left-handed shooter, when I was in the Marines, my, this is embarrassing, but I, I'm okay to share this because that was my first year. That's a long time ago. When I first joined the Marines, I was a very, very terrible shooter, okay? I was very, very terrible shooting. And I remember I was like, they have us shooting for one whole week, that first week. By Friday, the, the last day of the week, if you don't pass, well... Like, that's a really bad... In the Marines, it's a really bad sin. Well, they see it almost as a sin. Like, how could a Marine not shoot? Because the Marines really believe the best weapons are as a rifleman and a, a Marine and a rifle, okay? Um, and the Marine always believe everyone should shoot good. Even if you're a cook, even if you are a warehouseman, you should always be able to shoot good. So that if there's not enough infantrymen, you could be used. By the way, when I was in Iraq, you guys know that um, we didn't have not... It, it, when we went to Iraq in 2003, we did not have enough infantrymen. You guys know in my unit... My infantry unit, who's the first guy that killed a bad guy, was actually a cook, okay? Was a cook. I know it's so funny. It was a cook with a scope, okay? Shooting someone that was shooting at the Marines. And then he had a scope. He was a good shooter. They gave him a scope. And he was the first guy, okay? And everyone's like, what? It should be an infantryman. But it was a cook, okay? I bring much to say is this. That we must what? Also, when we serve God. Now, again, let me say this. My purpose is not to say we go shoot people. Is that what God wants us to do? No, that's not what God wants us to do, okay? So, but at the same time, we also want to obey God, what? Law very, very carefully and not miss the Mars. Does that make sense? Okay. Another application question is, um, are you amazed that in light of all the things we've seen in sin, that God also forgive us for our sins, okay? Let's go to the second word for sin, okay? Uh, this next word is parabasis, Okay. Parabasis, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, okay? Parabasis, uh, it's also a, a Greek noun. So we're going to look at how the word is used in um, non-moral context, okay? Or not related to sin, like outside. Just like how we looked at the word earlier, like it's originally missing the mark. Turn with me to Numbers 5.12. Now some of you guys might say, hey, wait, Old Testament is Hebrew. Yes, but the Jews also translate, it's just like today. Could I speak Chinese? Could I read Chinese? Could Jimmy Lee read Chinese as ABC? No, I cannot. The only word I know is Iris answer, Liu Chuba, and then Ta, uh, and what? Tian, and Go. And that's it, okay? There's all the Chinese I know, okay? And Zhong, and Zhong Guo. I don't even know how to write Guo, just only, uh, I could only identify, okay? So back then, the Bible time was also true. There were a lot of Jews that also scattered all over the world, they lost their Hebrew. So if they don't know Hebrew, how are they going to read the Bible? So then they start translating what? The Greek Bible into what? Uh, or the Jewish Bible into Greek. Right. The Greek was back then like the English. Like if you go to any international airport, you will always see what letter? What, uh, what language? English, right? Any pilots fly around the world has to know how to... If they're international, they have to know what? English. Does that make sense? They have to pass that. Because the international um, terminals and, and you know... Um, what do you call it? Towers. All speak and pilots speak in English to speak that, okay? So back then, the language is, was not English that everyone had to know in terms of important things. was Greek, okay? So then they translated the Bible 200 years before Christ, in 200 BC. They translated it to Greek. And in that Greek translation of the Bible, they use this term, parabasis, in Numbers 5.12. Um, Derek, could you read Numbers 5.12 out loud? 
Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, If any man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him. Okay. So the word unfaithful is actually the one that's translated parabasis. Okay. Um, and I, I actually, the idea actually means crossing the boundary. Okay. Crossing the boundary means what? Um, uh, is what it means. Okay. So this is basically saying what in the context is saying, okay, if a husband and wife, they should be faithful. Yes. But if the wife goes beyond the boundaries of their marriage, and that's why it's translated as unfaithful. If it goes beyond the boundaries of what is a wife supposed to do, that is now is no longer faithful. This is, and then it goes on and says, this is what you have to deal with. Okay. So the term means what? Crossing the boundaries. Does that make sense? Crossing a line. Okay. That's what it means. But now the Bible uses a New Testament to say, hey, you should not cross the line with God. So what is that line? Is his law. Does that make sense? Any, every, all around the world, is there, do people understand lines and boundaries? Mm-hmm. Yeah, every country around the world has what? A border, yes? Or an area you cross is no longer what? Your country. Okay? By the way, I just want to point this out is that sometimes the best way to uh, share the gospel with everyone is go to the original meaning and then you see, oh, every culture you could bridge. The writer, Paul and others, are trying purposely to use everyday term so that people can understand what sin is, okay? Um, with that, is there, uh, should we at times not cross the line at certain places? Yeah, okay. Uh, should not cross the line at certain places, okay? Uh, forgive me if I'm using too many, many military analogies today. Uh, when I was in Iraq, uh, part of our unit guard the Iranian borders. But I, I'm using it just because, not because I'm pro-America, like all that, but it's just, uh, or patriots, I think it's more easier to understand. When, when my unit was in uh, Iraq, uh, one company, like one-fifth of our uh, unit, uh, out of 1,200 was guarding the Iranian border. It was a really long border. But sometimes GPS could go wrong, right? Sometimes GPS could, at the, uh, or at least the, uh, back in 2003, the, our technology was not as good as now. So one time, our unit accidentally crossed into the Iranian border, and the Iranian border agents started shooting at the Marines. Then the Marines didn't shoot back because they want to make sure. You don't want to just, just because you shot, you don't you want to discipline. The, you know, people kind of lay low. And then the sergeant looked at the grid coordinate and realized, oh, we've crossed the border. We've crossed the line. And then they went back without shooting. Does that make sense? So I bring them to say is this. Do we have this understanding crossing the line? Every culture has the idea, do not cross the Line. Does that make sense? So this is one other term to use to say what sin is. Now we're going to now look at New Testament term where this idea of not crossing the line is now to communicate about sin. Turn with me to Romans 4.15. Uh, uh, Paul, would you be able to read Romans 4.15? Yeah, violation, okay. So I like looking at this word because there's many verses that it's used, but this one I think is very um, appropriate, okay. So the word you guys see here, um, this verse is saying when there's no law, there's no violation. That word violation is actually the word that we are looking at, the Greek word for sin here. Remember the idea of crossing the line. So what this verse is saying is this. If the law doesn't say something's wrong, could you violate it? No, right? But if there, the law says something and then you break it, you cross the line, did you break it? 
yes, okay. So, so I think this is one thing that's easy. Because sometimes I know as a pastor, some people, have you guys ever met anyone? They're always so concerned they've violated God's law. Uh, like they wake up in the morning like, oh, what does God want? What socks does he want me to wear? And you look at his socks as two white socks, right? Should I wear the one to my left or to the right? By the way, this is real. Sometimes people are like that. And then the reality is God says there's liberty. If the Bible says something's not sin, you have the liberty. You, God gives you freedom to choose. You, you, of course, whatever you pick, you do it for the glory of God, right? Uh, but you have the liberty. And of course, you want to be wise about it. But if it's not against the law, you could do it, okay? I want to say this because some people have a misunderstanding about sin and law, okay? But the second thing is this. The second thing is also here is this. But if the law... If it does say, don't cross this, and you cross this, what does this verse say? This verse says, the law brings wrath. Wrath means what? God's anger and punishment for our sins, okay? So, the, again, remember the idea have boundary, and we must not cross it, okay? Um, I listed out in the outline other verses that the verse appeared, but for the sake of time, we're going to skip that, okay? So, we see this consequence of sin, uh, 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 of Crossing the line, it's pretty serious. But does the Bible says we can be saved from the consequence of a sin of crossing God's line? Does God give us grace and hope? Does the Bible says we have hope that we can forgiven when we cross the line that we're not supposed to cross? The answer is yes. Okay. Turn with me to Hebrews nine fifteen. Mr. Burton, would you be able to read Hebrews nine fifteen? Or actually Caleb, would you be able to read Hebrews nine fifteen? Okay, uh, Hebrews nine fifteen. We'll have Caleb for now, Mister. Yeah, we'll yeah. Hebrews nine fifteen. For this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant, so that since the death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that are committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Yeah, thank you so much. The word here, when it says um, transgressions, in Hebrews 9.15, now it's translated as transgression. Earlier it's violation. Now it's transgression. It's the same word that we see here, the idea of crossing the line. Uh, and this word here is actually says, did someone provide the redemption? Redemption means what? Someone pay the cost. Did someone pay the cost? Yeah. And the cost is what? Through his death. So who is this talking about? Jesus Christ again, Okay. He's provided redemption, okay? Um, I, I like to give this analogy. When my daughters were little, I remember there was one point, um, I was waiting for my wife to pull the car over, but then the girls were just kind of waiting near the edge right here, right outside my house. And I told them, hey, don't cross the line. Do not step on thing, the thing that is black, which is the black asphalt on the street. So then I remember Abigail, can I share this, right? Abigail was like doing this, don't cross the line. Don't cross the line. But while she was doing this, guess what she was doing? Don't cross the line. She was looking at the line. You can see from a mile away, what did she want to do? It's like, don't cross the line. Don't cross the line. She was saying to the other sisters, and then her feet was slowly moving what? Stepping over the line. I was like, Abigail, what did you do? You just crossed the line. Do you remember this? No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, right? By the way, that's like us, right? Uh, that's like us. Sometimes we know the line is drawn. It's like, we should not cross it. But then what? Our sinful nature is like, huh? I wonder what it's like to cross it. 
and then we go ahead and do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's what sin is like. So as application, <coughs> do you realize God's law is good for what? To protect you. God is like our father, right? He also, just like when I tell our, my daughters, hey, don't cross the line. Am I doing it just to be mean? Or is it for their what? Safety, right? Or I tell them, hey, before we cross the street, as soon as the ground goes low, you need to make sure you hold my hands and look both ways before we cross the what? Street. Do you guys remember that? You guys remember this part, right, girls? When I say what? I don't even say look both ways anymore. What did I say? Look always. All, always, right? Right? Always look always before you cross the street to be what? Safe. Does that make sense? Okay. So in light of this, this is where the same thing. God gives us laws, not because God doesn't want us to be joyful or happy, not happy, but it's to protect us from what? Bad things and sin. Okay. And also uh, protect us from the wrath of God. Okay. Do you realize God's law is something we should not cross? You guys realize that? Yes. Okay. Uh, also, do you realize whenever you cross God's boundary, it gets easier time and time again to sin? Isn't it true? The first time you do some sin, is like you cross the line, oh, you feel really, really what? Bad. Okay? You feel really, really bad. Then the second time you do it, you still feel bad, but do you feel less guilty or more guilty than the first time? You feel less. Then you do it the third time, it's like, oh, I didn't get caught. Fourth time, oh, there's no trouble. Oh, maybe God's okay with this. Fifth time, oh, maybe God don't need anything. So then you do it after a while, and then one day, what? Everything comes crashing down. You know, when you ever hear the stories, you guys sometimes read stories, or maybe in your company, you hear stories of someone stealing money at work. Right. You guys you ever hear that? None of those guys ever said, no one ever, went, no one ever goes to work saying one day, I'm going to steal a million dollars. You guys realize that? No one ever do that. No one, out, but they begin what? Saying, oh, you know what? This month, rent is very hard. Maybe I borrow, what do they think? I borrow $100 from work. Maybe next week I borrow 500. Oh, I feel so bad. What if I get in trouble? Oh, I didn't get in trouble. Rather than say, oh, God is merciful. You're like, oh, maybe it's okay. Right. Then $1,000. But when you do $1,000, oh, this month I can't pay. I still have too many. Oh, maybe I'll still borrow another 1000 Then four or five months later, guess what happened? Oh, $10,000 now. There's, oh, I feel really bad. No, I need to pay. But it's too hard. Maybe I slowly pay back $200. Oh, but then this month I, I have this mortgage. Oh, uh, my child got sick. Then guess what happened? Before it knows it, it goes out of control. And one day, someone comes to keep a, an account, to look at the book and realize you've been stealing. And then that person gets in trouble. Okay? I bring this to say is that sometimes the way we sin is very likely, it could begin with good intention. But just small little compromise, a little compromise at a time. And before you know it, you cross the line. So I think that's something to be careful with boundaries. I think the best way... Even as a pastor, right? Sometimes people say, oh, you know, I, I'm in a relationship, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. How far, how far could I go about sinning, like in terms of being close? And I say, be as far away as possible, right? The best question is that how close could I be without sinning is how far away you could be, right? How many of you guys, when you guys drive near a mountain to go and retreat or to a mountain, how many of you guys feel like, oh, I want to see how close could I go to the edge? Well, how many of you guys feel, I want to stay as far away from it as, as possible? I, I know I'm like that, right? I love driving fast. Instead of going to the mountains, because why? I don't trust myself, okay? Uh, with that. So I bring that up to say is this. Same thing. We want to be away as far as possible from the boundary of sin. Rather than say, oh, how close could I be uh, to temptation, okay? Last word. Ophilima. Okay, this word does not appear often. But I bring this up to say is this because I think it's still a very good imagery, okay? 
Now, I wasn't able to find this term anywhere in the Bible that's not used in the context of not talking about sin. But this word basically is the word is from a business and financial world. Mm. Okay. In every culture, is there going to be business and finance? Okay. Every culture has what? Finance. If it's not the local people, then they have what? Other people do what? Business, right? Uh, Even in the in the time period in the medieval ages, right? there was banks. You guys know in the medieval ages there were banks. There are not a lot of banks. Not everyday people go to banks. But then banks have interests. But then in the Catholic world of back then, in the medieval ages, they would say, oh, you cannot have interests. So then you can't have someone that say they are Catholic to do interests. So then you have another group of people. Who are they usually do bank back then? The Jews. The Jews, okay? The Jews would do, because to them, interest is a godly blessing from God, okay? <laughs> With that, okay? So then they would do business, okay? Even in Asia, some countries, in other Asian countries, the everyday people, their citizens, might not be really do a lot of business because they have a lot of capital. They do maybe more farming. So then they'll have a lot of what ethnicity? <laughs> Chinese people, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you go to Indonesia, right? Most of the people that do a lot of business uh, are what? Uh, you, most of the... Se- I mean, there are Indonesians, okay? Time has changed. But there's a lot of Chinese, right? Burmese, Burma also as well, right? You have this, okay? Now, I'm not saying a bad thing, right? You can't say Jews are bad with that, you know, with that. So I bring this to every culture has idea of commerce and mm-hmm. trade. So when, when the Bible uses this, do you think it's also trying to reach everyday people or only smart people? No, all people. So it's to show all the analogy of what sin is, okay? So this term is from the bit world of business and finance. And it actually has the idea of owing someone something, okay? It ha- has the idea of debt. What is debt? You owed someone what? Yeah. Something okay, so turn with me real quick to Matthew 6 12. Okay, um, Mr. Burton, would you be able to read sure. Matthew 6 12? You're doing okay, Ben W. You can hear me, okay? Um, Matthew 6 12. Okay, now forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Yeah. So here, Jesus Christ is speaking, and he's really, um, you know, sometimes this could be people talk about, oh, it's forgiving financial debt. I think so, but I think it's more. I think in light of the word forgive, I think there is a sense he's talking about moral. Uh, people that have wronged against you, you must what? Forgive them, okay? This word, this verse, you might say, oh, no, it really looks more literally just forgive what people owe you. But look with me also as well to the. Uh, parallel in um, the parallel in Luke. Turn me to Luke eleven four. Okay, Eric, would you be able to read Luke eleven four? Josh, this is the first Bible study I've, you've not read. <laughs> I realize. Okay, Luke eleven four. Eric, Bible study I've not read. Yeah, scripture. Usually, uh, you're, Luke, uh, what was it? you look even forward, but we'll have Eric read. Okay, sorry. Let's start also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Yeah, so here this word indebted, you see it's very clear it's talking about sin because you're asking God to forgive our sins, um, but we should forgive others. But why should we forgive others is also because what? We've been forgiven. So there is that relationship, forgiving others and God forgiving us. There is a relationship. Why should we forgive others? Is because we've been forgiven. In fact, Jesus sets us up more like, hey, if you want to be forgiven, 
if you really are a Christian that's forgiven, you should be one that forgives what? Mm. Others. Okay? But it uses that language of in debt. But it's a moral debt. It's something you've done wrong. Maybe the best way to think of it, in every culture, I think you could reach it. And maybe in today's world, in Southern California, think of a ticket. Okay? Mm. Think of a penalty. Right? Uh, right? If you drive in a carpooling and you have no one else and you're one person, what would happen? What's the penalty? You get a ticket. Big ticket or little ticket? Big. Big, okay? Big fine, okay? So you guys get the idea of this death, okay? So God uses this term, okay? Um, so do you understand? Remember we saw earlier? The wages of sin is what? Death. But did someone pay the cost for that? Yes. Yeah. It's Jesus Christ's death, okay? And He saves us from that. Uh, with that, okay? So these terms, I want to emphasize, again, let me say this. Anywhere around the, the gospel, listen, I really believe this book is relevant everywhere. I really believe this book is relevant everywhere. You can share it. Now, you, the first thing you have to do is you cannot force yourself of our world into the Bible because then you read your own opinion of the Bible. But the more, this is why, I hope you guys understand, this is why I really want to go to the, this is why I feel like we need to really know the original language of the Bible or, or just know things for you guys so that when you see, yeah, it's different, but yet there's still what? Parallels in every culture today, right? I remember uh, when I was in Nepal, just sitting down, you know, um, I was eating breakfast. I was preparing for preaching that day. You know, I preached seven, eight sessions there. But I was just so busy. I wasn't thinking about sharing the gospel of others. You know, I'm sitting there. But the waiter was looking at me. And the waiter was not a Christian. And he finally went and said, I think you're a Christian. I said, how do you know? Obviously, I have a Bible laid out for cross, right? <laughs> Everything else. is like, how do you know? And the guy said, oh, you're a Christian. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. You know, and, you know, when I'm there, you try to, you know, be good relations with people, everyone else, right? Because you're... What? A guest in someone else's country. But then I was thinking, man, this guy's going to ask me about Christianity. I, I need to tell him about Jesus, right? Then you think, how? He's a different culture. He's different people. But how do you talk about sin? Well, could you talk about sin using these terms here? Mm. And so asking things like, hey, do you know there's a line you can't cross? Are there things in your society? Mm. Yeah, there's certain things we cannot cross, right? There's a part of the temple we cannot go beyond and all this. So, oh, good. Then you use that analogy. Right? We crossed that line. We violated that. Right? What's the other term? Owing money. Owing debt. Right? We deserve to be punished. Right? And yet, God forgives us. Right? What's the other word for sin? Missing the mark. Right? It's like, oh, do you guys like shooting things? Oh, yeah. We really like fishing with spears. Right? With little spears. With little, little spears. And I know what it's like to miss. Then could you build a bridge from there too? Yeah. And then once you show all of this, then you also show God's grace which is going to be the next few weeks. Uh, so, by, by the way, this whole series is not just about sin, right? I want to go to the part of grace when it shows, right? Like, like, like this Sunday, what did we talk about? What's the analogy the Bible used to show His goodness? When we were at church on Sunday, what's that term? A word, big word. Adoption. Adoption, okay? Every culture, right? Every culture. When I'm teaching adoption, man, Nepali, afterward, the church, someone comes up and says, man, I didn't have no parents and someone adopted me and they're crying in tears. Wow, that's a beautiful symbol of God, right? You go anywhere, right? Mm. I talk about, if I talk about adoption, does my dad get moved? Yeah, right? Mm. You go talk to American, American church people love adopting kids from other places. Mm. You talk about them, do they get excited? Yeah, wow, he adopted us. Why would I not adopt some other kid, mm. right? So every culture I want to show is the Bible, even though, yes, it's Greek, Roman, world, and also written through a Jewish mind, but yet it is what? Relevant for all. 
okay? Mm -hmm. So we can share the gospel to all people at all times, right? You could go in the middle of a Native American tribe and you can still talk to them because every culture has idea there's something you should not cross. Mm -hmm. Every culture has idea of laws. Every culture has idea of, of accuracy or inaccurate thing like, you know, shooting or spear. And every culture has the idea of what else? Of debt, of things you owe also as well, okay? Uh, so let me stop.